Digicom Weekly Growth Marketing Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Digicom Growth Marketing Podcast. This week we're going to talk about uh, remarketing. Uh, it's a continuation of our conversation from last week about prospecting. Our goal is to provide you information of how to set up your audiences correctly and use remarketing effectively. If you like our content, don't forget to like, subscribe, and save. Um, you know, would love to continue reaching out to everybody. Cool. So our agenda for today, um, we're going to talk about what is remarketing, what are different types of remarketing audiences, how can you leverage custom audiences, how to adjust your strategies after iOS, and uh, a little bit about web interactions. So Danielle, what is remarketing? Sure. So remarketing is basically, um, you know, targeting users who have engaged with your brand in some capacity um, with ads. Uh, typically, these users are a little bit more primed to convert. So um, as you can see on this slide here, uh, they do tend to fall um, in the bottom of your purchase funnel. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to go about this and different types of remarketing audiences, which we'll get to, um, in a second. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll pass it on to Srishti, I guess. So Srishti, what are the different types of, uh, audiences and, you know, how can we leverage these audiences for remarketing? Okay. So, uh, while talking about audiences, so there are different types of people that we reach out to. Uh, first is the core audiences that, you know, we set rules for, you know, where our ads should be delivered. And we said, I mean, it can be as broad or as narrow as we want it to be. Like we're reaching out to people there, uh, new people who would be interested in our products. So we set up those audiences according to interests, geography and more. Uh, then custom audiences. Custom audiences is something that, uh, you know, Facebook allows us to uh, to target people who've already interacted with our brand somehow, like whether they've liked our post, whether they've gone to our website or made a purchase or, you know, just viewed uh, our video uh, somehow or, you know, have are in our contact list. So uh, Facebook allows us to remarket them or to retarget them uh, by creating different lists that we'll talk about in the coming. Uh, we'll talk about it, uh, about it in some time, but... Uh, you know, these can be people who are already our customers or, you know, they have done some kind of interaction with us. So those are the custom audiences. And then there are lookalike audiences. So lookalike audiences is basically a way to connect with people who are uh, similar to the people who've already reached out to us or have interacted with us in the past. So like we can create these audiences through Facebook and reach out to these people like separately because we'll know that you know uh, their re conversion rate can be uh, better than just cold audiences since they have similar interests to what we have already uh, what uh, to people who we have already targeted uh danielle how do we build look like audiences yeah so there are a couple of ways to go about this um basically in order to build a look-alike audience you need a seed audience which this is essentially um the audience um, that is used as the base audience for the lookalike. 
Um, so you could use like a CRM based lookalike or a pixel based lookalike. And for this is specifically for Facebook, but um, the same concept holds true across a number of different marketing platforms. Um, so a CRM lookalike would be, you know, you upload a customer list and this could be, you know, um, all of your purchasers, you could get a little bit more granular, um, and segment by, um, your top converters, maybe your top LTV customers, um, or you could choose customers that are higher in the funnel and maybe that have submitted leads. Um, but essentially you'll upload your CRM. Um, and then build a lookalike off of that. And then you have different percentages of lookalike as well. So if we're talking about Facebook, um, it ranges from a one to 10%. And essentially the way that it works is um, the lowest percentage points are the closest to your seed audience. So 1% lookalike would be the 1% of the Facebook user population that looks most like your core or seed audience. So the further you're getting up these percentage points closer to the 10%, um, the further away the, these audiences are from your seed audience. Um, so yeah, and then it essentially um, works the same way for a pixel-based audience. You know, in Facebook, you're able to also build an audience based off of your pixel. So whether it's purchasers, people who've added to cart, who've viewed product pages. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks, Danielle. So, uh, Heyman, now that we've talked about the different kind of audiences, could you uh, tell us more about the custom audiences and how you can leverage them? Sure. Um, so, you know, there's a number of different strategies you can leverage to build out your audience segmentation. Danielle was getting into building lookalikes off of these seg uh, these different segments uh, and cohorts, but essentially, you know, we can leverage different lists we have, um, newsletter lists, purchaser lists, uh, people who have abandoned cart. Uh, I like to create audience segmentation based on recency. Uh, and so what, what do I mean by that? Um, users who have interacted with the brand zero to three days and then four to seven days and then eight days plus. Uh, the reason why I like to segment this way is because you can change the messaging for the respective audience. Uh, within this cohort, uh, in the recency cohort. And then I also like to use uh, in, like intent to purchase. So, you know, as someone high intent, low intent and, uh, mid, uh, or mid intent. So low intent is somebody that interacts with your website, but doesn't necessarily get to a purchase funnel or a product page. Mid intent, I like to use um, somebody that's gotten into a product page, but maybe not added to cart. And then uh, high intent, somebody that's added to cart or started their journey in the conversion funnel, but maybe dropped off. Um, the reason I like to break out these types of intent is because uh, I can then target each different cohort with different type of messaging um, or a different type of ad distribution style. One ad distribution style might be using content campaigns. Another ad distribution style might be influencer. And then somebody that's high intent to get them over, maybe we want to use some sort of sales messaging. So I like to break it down that way. Um, other things you could do in terms of segmenting your audiences. So, you know, there are email funnels, lead funnels um, with the names that you've built into your CRM. You can retarget these users by emailing them, um, you know, sending them text messages. Uh, and then 
also uh, other types of retargeting, it's uh, breaking out page engagement. So if somebody's interacting with your Facebook page or Instagram page, or they've watched a video um, on your uh, on the ad platforms, you can retarget users that have watched videos based on length of time. So there's a lot of different things you can do here to build out these segments. Um, and there are a lot of different effective strategies to leverage it. Uh, I think it all comes down to, you know, testing and learning to figure out what works best for your brand. Um, something else that I wanted to also jump into in terms of retargeting. So uh, I've ran this analysis a number of times. And uh, basically what I've you know come to learn is that oftentimes most purchases occur after two or more website interactions, right? And why I'm saying uh, website interactions is because, you know, want to talk a little bit about frequency. Frequency is uh, important because frequency is the number of times your ad is served to um, a single user. Um, and so, you know, we like to operate at like a 2.5% uh, frequency rate or maybe three depending on the type of product. But the reality is that it takes two or more website clicks for somebody to make a purchase. So even if your frequencies start to bump up um, every now and then, that's okay. Um, you know, as long as you're starting to get like that click traffic. But if frequency is is bumping up, it is important to rebuild your uh, or update your uh, remarketing or retargeting list because you don't want it to get too high. You'll you know you'll burn through audiences really quickly, and then will you'll you might see retargeting kind of start to fall off. Yeah, well, that's that's so important. Um, and you call that out uh, right at the start, the, the recency. Uh, I think most of the times that we've audited accounts, this is the first thing that we come across and like a, a, a usual pitfall or mistake uh, most uh, you know newbie marketers make is treating all of those um, audiences in the same way. Um, and And, you know, somebody who's, visited your website versus somebody who's added to cart, all of them have kind of, you know, just for the ease of it, just dump them into a same ad set and start running ads. And without realizing that someone who made it all the way to the cart, is very different than somebody who just skimmed off your homepage and, and dropped off. And um, that is so important to kind of segment because that's, that's where you can optimize and, and get the best results. So uh, completely on point with you on, on the recency part there. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's important to, you know, segment your audiences. And last week we spoke about, you know, uh, excluding retargeting audiences and, um, you know, check out our, our, our previous show for that, but it's, it's very important to exclude, uh, retargeting audiences from prospecting. And then, you know, for, for prospecting, understanding your audience size and pool for retargeting. Um, last week we did also cover a bunch of different things with like the iOS updates. I think we're on like 16 now or something like that. Um, but you know, Vinay, if you could just kind of break down for retargeting, uh, you know, uh, I, iOS updates, what we saw before it happened, what happened after, it, uh, after we saw the updates and, you know, some solutions that can help our listeners. Absolutely. So I think this is just, uh, picking up from, from where we left prospecting about, um, you know, how the pixel used to track all activities that, that somebody could take on a website. And um, the major change happened was, you know, if somebody higher up in the funnel 
uh, took an action, like somebody who uh, initiated checkout, the pixel would track all the previous events as well. So like a view content, an add to cart, um, and, and a page view. Uh, post iOS, again, none of those uh, previous events are being tracked for the devices that have opted out. And that's taking you back to um, the, um, you know, the attribution and how the aggregated events are set up. So in the best practice uh, that we've, we've implemented and we've done across accounts and seeing good results is um, when we are remarketing, we are not just remarketing to, let's say, add to cards, uh, but I, we would specifically um, add, let's say, an initiate checkout or a payment info as well, because those are the events that have triggered at some point. But because of aggregated events, these are individual segments. And you can't assume that if, you've, um, if you're remarketing anybody who's, um, you know, added a payment info, will all the previous events are also getting tracked and they'll be served a, a remarketing ad. So I think that's the, the biggest call out between pre and post iOS. Um, making those uh, targetings, you know, absolutely correctly and including all the other events. Um, to add kind of what we discussed um, just a few uh, seconds ago as well, was also adding the, the recency part of, of um, the funnel in here. Um, when you're breaking those out to, let's say, you know, somebody who's interacted, somebody who's added to cart in the last seven days is far more... Um, like in a better place to make a purchase than somebody who's seen your ads for the first seven days, hasn't taken an action and is now in the bucket of seven to 14 days. Um, and then one way that I, I really love to, uh, a lot of times customers and, and clients ask us, you know, what's like the basic principle behind choosing these vendors? And, and a lot of users have questions like that. Um, for, for similar industries and based on the ticket size, that's like the first thing. If you're sp selling something that's, you know, $200 or, or even of a higher ticket value, usually people take more time to take those decisions and they, they won't see an ad and immediately take out, uh, you know, their credit card to make a payment and buy versus a lower ticket item could just be like a one-off purchase and, and happen on the first, second or the third interaction. Um, for businesses that have already been there they've, they've run some ads uh, a really good place to uh, to check this conversion window out is uh, google analytics now in in ga uh, universal analytics there was a part where you could check two really important steps one was the time it takes from the first interaction to a conversion so google uh, analytics would tell you the dates uh, the days it took for the person to convert uh, and you can look at it up, I think up to a 90 day period that gives you a really solid number. But then there's another one which shows you the number of interactions it took for, for an average conversion. And that's like the second most important piece of information. So if you if you see your funnel and you know that people at least engage with you five to six times before they make and make a purchase, that's that's raw data for you. That's something that can be immediately implemented and, and start seeing better results. So you don't have ambiguous time windows and you're serving ads endlessly to people when you might or might not know whether they will convert. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for that, uh, that, you know, summary. I think it's, it's very important for uh, marketers to understand like the, uh, if you're, you know, leveraging the Facebook or meta ad platform to uh, ensure that you have uh, all of the action set up correctly it's it's just it's you know it's it's imperative because 
the Facebook's uh, ecosystem doesn't work the same way as it did pre-iOS. Um, and then also, again, just looking at, you know, the audience segmentation and cohorts, whether it's on a meta platform or if it's on uh, a different platform like Google, just breaking out and understanding are the audiences large enough and how each one of those audience segments operates and the type of messaging, um, you know, it's, it's super important and should be leveraged and tested through your retargeting strategies. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to us at digicom.io. Uh, I'm Hamant and have a great day.